Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. And today with us, our opening kill is... Hi, I'm Trent. I'm Devin. <laughs> We're Space Cadets. And, and we this... are the opening kill. Yeah, this is not Space Case. <laughs> this Hi. This is not Space Case. This is my bloody Judy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're on video. Remember that. We're on video this time. So yeah. we're here. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> and so uh, how would you want your opening kill to go? So I know that I would be the girl who is like making out with some guy and I'm like what was that and he's like no babe it's nothing let's keep making out and then like I'm the one that like I scream it freeze frames on my face and then the titles roll like do really I don't even make that? it past the opening you see that for yourself yeah I don't even see myself making it past the opening <laughs> credits um I would rather I just be meant front. like you're you're the like the sex moment of it that's interesting for you okay <laughs> cool. okay okay, right. yeah. right. okay. Um, Go on, Trent. How would you die first in a horror film? You know, I again, I've never thought of myself like dying. Like I would be the killer, one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, I planned it all along. It was Agatha all along. Like I very, I very much planned the kills. I mean, it would be in a very way where I don't have to do anything. Like I manipulated the whole thing, and everybody's kind of killed themselves, and I'm just there. You uh, killed Devin. It was I, you yeah. all along. You all take along. the glove off, one finger at a time, Whoa. do the dirty work. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think Precisely. maybe Devin comes back at the end and kills you. That's like the twist. I would love that plot Whoa. twist. That plot I twist would be that. great. I never The died. animosity is there. Yeah. So, yeah, we hate each other. Yeah. Classically. We can't stand yeah. each other. We just pretend to like each other for podcasts and Very. performances. Yeah. Zach Absolutely. and I too. Yeah. I understand. And we also just <laughs> did a an episode with y'all on Space Case. If you want to just give yeah. a quick rundown of what that's going to be about. Yeah, we talked about sort of a uh, lost but not so lost genre of action horror. We kind of talked about its peak in the 90s and 2000s to kind of where it is now. We did a lot of zombie apocalypse stuff. And is there anywhere left to go? Is there things that we can redeem? Uh, What the queerness is in that space? What the uh, kind of apparent kink and BDSM kind of overtones are in those movies? And that's what we talked about. We basically episode. talked about Underworld a whole lot. Which it, the whole whole time, pretty true. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, today we're here to talk about uh, what draws queer folks to Final Girls. Like what? Yes. I mean horror in general, but Final Girls more specifically. Um, I figure you y'all can go first. Give me like some of your final your favorite Final Girls. Yeah. And what you okay. like about them too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I would say the first on my list is it's got to be Ripley from Alien um I think I remember my dad and I having a conversation about this Uh, my dad was born in the 50s so Alien came out when he was like 25 and he was like I was so excited when I saw Alien because it was like there was a woman in this film that had a purpose beyond just like screaming and running through the woods like she was resourceful and she was smart and she knew I don't know she knew what was up and she knew how to beat the big bad and I think that that's something I really like about uh Sigourney Weaver as Ripley is I feel like she kind of I feel that a lot of final girls in movies like slasher movies up to that point was kind of like there but for the grace of God they escaped uh and they just like run around and scream a lot uh I mean that's where the term scream queens comes from yeah and so something I like about Ripley is that like, even though she is afraid, I like that she has strategies and she perseveres, like she's resourceful. Yeah, and I think so her fear I is think... like human, right? Like it's like, yeah. of course yeah. you're gonna yeah. be scared. That's well, also okay. she's waking up every 50 fucking years in, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> in fucking movies though. She doesn't know what TikTok is. That would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have time also... for TikTok. There's an alien on <laughs> yeah. every movie. Exactly. And then in in the second one in Aliens also, I think it's really cool that she kind of has like this maternal aspect with Newt too. It's really like beautiful, actually. I think it's like actually beautifully done. Well, and it's not, sometimes with like when they like add that kind of stuff, it can be like that becomes her whole thing. And it's not like her whole thing. She is being maternal, but like also is like, I'm going to put on this big fucking metal suit and crush this alien. Yeah. Yeah. Get your hands off her, you bitch. Exactly. Iconic. (laughs) Trent? Um, it's hard um, because I'm I'm really really um, like a, a horror lover. So there's many women in horror that I love. I would say growing up, 
she's obviously the final girl um but like I actually don't like her that much but when I was growing up I thought she was really cool was Christy from Hellraiser um yeah because really she is like classically a lot of the times when they're in these horror movies it's these extraordinary circumstances that most of the time would never happen in real life very rarely um I feel like for her it is so otherworldly and fantastical that she is just so overwhelmed and she is hysterical the entire movie she's at a hundred the the whole whole time time. (laughs) whole film and i'm like that's realistic to me yeah like if i opened this fucking box and these people came and said like you're you're up and i had to escape the whole movie and nobody believed me and then you turns out kind of everyone was sort of in on it in a lot of ways and then i'm getting gaslit girl boss and gate kept the whole time (laughs) like so to me i felt like and then in the opening of the first movie where they're like, oh, we're going to put her in the, the loony bin or whatever. And it's like, so she like constantly has to come back and like, I told you so everyone, which I love because I love when those situations happen. So Christy was very up there for me because I'm like, here's a realistic portrayal of how a woman would be treated in this situation. Yeah. Um, and I just love Hellraiser. So I, I, I liked her a lot. Absolutely. It's not a lot. It's not one that a lot of people say either. Like I didn't even think about that when I wrote it down. On my yeah, list. Me neither. Um, what about you, Ian? Uh, I am basic and Gail Weathers is forever <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> There's a reason I'm wearing this shirt uh, because I think Gail Weathers is just so like Cordelia Chase from Buffy is one of my favorite Buffy characters. Mm-hmm. I think there's like they could they could be related almost like they're the same oh, yeah. type of like, yeah, I'm still going to look cute, but also I'm still going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Like I'm not like you are not intimidating me um, and like neither of them are like have superpowers or whatever, but they still like make it. Um, yeah. and I can, I don't think I've ever been as worried about a character dying as I was in Scream 4. Like, all I was like anxious the entire time when I saw it in the air being like, <gasps> wait till Scream no. 5, man. I, there it's gonna happen again. <laughs> like, Every just, time they come back with a new one from here out, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an anxiety fest. Because I just movie. feel like a lot, especially horror movies, they love to do that, like bring back old characters i mean like mm-hmm. yeah i mean granted it was retcon but like laurie strode in the beginning of that really awful halloween movie like she's yeah. in it for five minutes and dies like horror movies love doing that yeah yeah yes. and so i'm always worried like i love sydney but if i had to pick i'm like take sydney take sydney keep my girl <laughs> <girls> safe <laughs> <laughs> but oh, like I, I just always worry about gail's well-being in these movies because she feels like maybe not as much to queer people, but I feel like if like a straight person is writing that, she would be the character a straight person kills. Like- You're the crazy fan. Oh, she's like, she's the mean girl. So she deserves to die when it's like, no, she's fucking smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that aspect. That's great. I think she's Uh, such a, uh, there's a lot of layers to Gail, which makes her worthy of surviving. You know, if somebody's going to go in this one, Dewey, Dewey's up. I mean, Dewey's almost dead. Every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he should have been dead Not in that second doing. one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I already know the answer to this question. But Zachary, why don't you tell everyone who you're? I'm going to give two answers. answers. You know what? Because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I do. I'm a very nostalgic person, and all of my like absolute loves are very nostalgia based. But um, recently, I think my most mo- my most recent favorite Final Girl is uh, Grace in Ready or Not with the wedding dress and the gun, and like just. Great final girl. Fantastic. And then my second one is the wonderful Laurie Strode. Um, And I think had Laurie Strode been left at Halloween one, maybe not. But every time we see her come back, it's just something extra that they add that is like Mm -hmm. finally just built her up to. She's just perfect to me. There's a picture in when when Halloween 2018 came out, um, they did like a spread in Entertainment Weekly. And there's a picture of her of Jamie Lee Curtis kissing Laurie Strode's forehead. It's like like a comfort moment where, you know, they're like acknowledging trauma and like very powerful image. Um, And that just I I have that like framed and everything. And I just love Laurie Strode. I just love Laurie Strode and everything that they do with her every time they bring her back. You know, Um, Halloween 60, we're waiting on it Um, whenever they come back with that one. (laughs) I was going to say, I actually was kind of torn about saying Laurie Strode, too. Um, The first Halloween movie, I will admit, is the only one I've seen thus far. Um, 
but I think that Lori is very similar to Ripley and that like you were seeing a shift that there were like these resourceful people like someone that thought ahead and it wasn't just like by chance they managed to survive yes. you know you know Zach and I have talked about that uh we I don't know if either of you have seen the movie High Tension um the, my biggest problem with that there's a twist at the end or that's not great um Zach and I mm-hmm. do agree about the twist um but like the whole movie she's kind of just not she's just surviving there's no like action um and that is something that like I can't stand in heart like I don't like yeah. if the final girl is like just kind of surviving but not like doing anything then I'm like um I need like I want a final girl who's resourceful I want a final girl who's like has agency and like can do things other than like scream and run away um yeah so yeah I, I want her to be the of... final girl for a reason right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I, I do agree with you definitely like I was before you even said it I was about to say Laurie Strode and Ripley like I I do like link them sometimes mm-hmm. um I, I mean there would be no I mean I guess they could make a way to like link them up and put them in a movie together but that would be that would be awesome I would love it uh Laurie Strode on a spaceship you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as queer yeah as queer people we just we do tend to sort of gravitate towards characters that have like uh, an unspoken queer factor to them um, and we kind of talked about that on your space case episode and so what do you think draws queer people to final girls just open for everybody here we, we did mention on space case Devin and i had a year where we did a lot of conventions and we kind of toured this panel that was about um the kind of bury the gays trope and so we talked a lot about queerness in film in general and again horror came up in a lot of that i think that there is a um, overlapping, you could say sometimes intersectional sort of plight that women have experienced that queer people understand in that a lot sense of, of being in, other. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of different ways. Or again, as we were talking about with Hellraiser, like kind of uh, not uh, taken seriously, uh, gaslit in a lot of ways, or like forgotten and left for dead in some senses as well. And so the last person they're going to believe is this like seemingly vulnerable woman. So I feel like not only is there that vulnerability and softness, but then there's the action aspect of, oh, she's getting revenge on this person. She's taking her agency and kind of running with it. And I think queer people find that really um, resilient. And uh, we know what that's like in a lot of different facets. And yeah, I think in again as far as horror is concerned they also just are like hot a lot of the time (laughs) and in a lot of ways like like, they're yeah they're over the top sometimes like they're very campy they can be very like hypersexual sometimes to a fault but then on the other end like if that's how you want to feel your strength you're like oh I love this girl she has like big blonde hair and she wears like really cool clothes or something like that and I mean at least again I'm speaking very personally like for me that's what I'm looking for listen Jessica Biel in Texas Chainsaw Massacre had the final girl look and you know that was totally through a male gaze you know um which can be problematic and we can recognize that but still the low-rise jeans the like the wife beater that's like tied up you know just showing her midriff and like yeah it is it just a look sometimes even does it yeah, it, it, when we were talking earlier, when you asked what our favorite final girl was, I think I was going to have another weird pick because I don't remember her name uh, because there's not a lot of dialogue in this mm-hmm. movie, but like all the girls in The Descent. Okay. That, yes, well, I know? watched that last night. I just watched, I showed that oh, to nice. a group of our friends who had never seen it. And so we, we, we yeah. watched it and talked about the, the vagina mm-hmm. metaphor and everything. Like, yeah. Zach, we covered that for My Bloody thing. Judy, or yeah. we just watched it together? We've not, we've watched it, but we've never, okay. uh, we did, yeah. we did I, uh, a live stream of it during the pandemic. So. Yeah, I feel like this word gets thrown around a lot, um, underrated. I think that movie is truly underrated. Yeah. It, it, I mean, what movie that's like horror or horror adjacent that has just five women in it? Yeah. And the movie has almost nothing to do with the man, except that obviously her husband dies or something in some <laughs> car wreck at the beginning. And it takes like two seconds and they're in the cave. The rest of yeah. the movie is just them surviving. Well, and, and like I'm that like, movie- I can't good- name a lot of movies. Before we even get yeah. to the monsters, it's like claustrophobic and like the yeah. one woman like breaks her leg Tense. and like yeah, they don't come uh-huh. through for a while. 
um it Halfway is about the like they, yeah. they they really worked on the bonds of the those women yeah very much so yeah and then she the final girl literally crawls through a shit lake up the cave and out into the sunlight you know yeah. so i'm like props to her whatever yeah. her name was because <laughs> damn very that absolutely but you were you were so you mentioned outfits i wanted to go back to uh gail weathers because gail weathers <laughs> is surely not dressed like a final girl in scream one with her mm. i think it's gucci it's either gucci or like versace versace it's versace, versace. um because I interviewed the costume designer from Scream for the uh, Slayer oh, Fest nice. 98, because she was the amazing. same costume designer for Buffy, which totally mm -hmm. makes sense, right? That does Taste. make sense. Yeah, yeah, like, and I just feel like putting Gail in that outfit, I, I I don't think, I don't think the first, I mean, I don't remember, but I don't remember thinking Gail was a character that was going to survive the movie. Mm -hmm. Because one, you always, they always like, oh, they're mean, they're gonna die. Like, oh, she says fuck a lot, so she's gonna die. Um, but like, Me. no, she, but like she survives and she's wearing this fantastic dress for most of the movie. And it's like neon green. Um, yeah. And like those outfits, like that's normally the character that's a target, right? Like she would be helplessly running through, but like, that's like another reason I love Gail. Cause yeah, she's still like, she's like, no, I want to look cute. Like, I don't care that there's a killer. I still need to look cute. And like, I feel that about being like, well, what outfit do I want to put on? I might get murdered today, but like, I'm, we still, we still want to put effort in here. <laughs> that's a, that's a great, that's a shirt right there. Like yeah. today, pick your outfit and think, can I get murdered in this? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Gotta, it's got to it's yeah. look good. But then like, yeah. you know, I love, I love when a trope is upsettled, right? Um, you know, uh, maybe not having the, the black person in a movie be the, the sacrificial lamb, you know, right. like I, I love when a trope is upsettled, but I never want to see a, a final straight white male you know it's just not fun to me very rarely like there's ash which is he's great but like even ash is you know a very queer character but then like go back to uh wrong turn with eliza Dischke and whoever that guy was um had he survived only it's just not the same factor as like her there as well like if he had died and she was there it has still been like you know a great final girl um and so that is, I feel like a final girl is one of those tropes that I just want, you know, I'm okay if it just sticks around maybe. And like, even with the descent, like maybe just add in a bunch of scream queens into it and take out, yeah. you know, all the other people. Yeah. An all-star cast for the descent. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on. There were a couple of facets I was kind of thinking about um, with queerness and the final girl. The first thing I know maybe this is far-fetched, but it was something I was thinking about is that I think at least for some generations, there feels like a tie between being a final girl and the AIDS crisis. It's like, it's literally a thing of you are plunged into this set of circumstances you're not used to, and you are powerless as you watch people that you love around you die. Um, in some ways, I feel like it's worse than a horror movie because at least in a horror movie, they usually just get like a, you know, like a, a knife, they get beheaded or something and it's done, but you have to watch yeah. the people around you slowly deteriorate. Yeah. Um, well, and in the horror movie, go, there's like a thing to fight. It's like a tangible, like, right, exactly. that's doing the killing, and, I can chop its head off, yeah. And this is almost worse because it's not a tangible thing that you can yeah. fight off. But I think also that kind of just plays into queerness like as an existence uh as an experience i think that there's a lot about it because it's still not widely accepted that it's inherently traumatic um mm -hmm. and i think that that may be why we kind of like the final girls that are resourceful whether or not there's someone like super like feminine like gail weathers or there's someone that's a little more tomboyish like ripley i think there's something cool about seeing someone who is clearly different from everybody else uh there's something just like she's not like not to be all she's not like other girls but she's not there's <laughs> yeah, something true, very other yeah. about her yeah. but you get to watch her survive these circumstances 
without compromising who she is yeah and Mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting shift you see from like kind of 70s 80s to 90s is i think in 70s 80s you saw a lot more like tomboyish final girls or like kind of nerds or studious whereas in the 90s with someone like a gail weathers or like a buffy you're seeing someone who didn't have to compromise who they were to survive yeah. And so I, I think thank you for mentioning something... both of my favorite characters. Yeah, and Buffy course, really no. is like a final girl. Like she's a seven right. season final girl. And beyond. I mean, exactly. And, or if you just throw it back to like the you know like the movie, yeah. uh, exactly. She is also like a final girl, basically at the exactly. very end. And like yeah, how, how do you feel about cheerleader Buffy? Do you love like the the movie Buffy? I, I you know no, he doesn't I, love I, it. I, <laughs> <laughs> Ian does not like it. I again, okay. I'm one of those nostalgic people, so I. You live? I just mm-hmm. I have a fondness for it because of that. Did um, I? Did, am I making this up? It's not Mary Stuart Masterson, is it? It's not right. It's Christy Swanson, Christy Swanson. who is now very mad. Christy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was Mary Stuart Masterson Yikes. for like two seconds. I knew it was like some like it blonde girl from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think gotcha. there's something in in addition to like mentioning that there's kind of a connection between women and women and women uh between women and the queer experience in that like you're made to feel less than yeah but i also i watched you guys's episode with i believe it was misha oshirovich oh yeah yeah um and something yeah something that you guys touched on together was that there's something that a lot of queer people gravitate to like even gay men will gravitate to like a diva because it's not just about yeah. being a woman and being other. It's about embracing who you are and yeah. going through life without compromising that. Yeah, like, and I think Lady Gaga is the final girl of the pop industry. Oh my God. You know? uh, <laughs> and I, think, I think that's something yeah. that really resonates is like seeing someone, first of all, who like did go through a trauma and like they're going to have to carry that with them. Um, yeah. I never saw all of Scream 2. I watched like part of it on TV, but like a big part. Part of it is I am forgetting the name of like the main character. Sydney. 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 Is that like she's dealing with trauma from what happened to her in the first movie. And so I think there's something powerful about seeing someone go through something traumatic. I mean, horror is a way for us to explore like our realistic fears through kind of a surreal lens. And so I think in that we're getting same... college level here. What, watch <laughs> no, out! But like, uh, <laughs> no, but like, I think got a third the... grade education. I'm on the But I think in the same sense, like there's something about these horror movies that you're able to explore some of your fears, perhaps about your queerness, and to go, this person survived these outrageous circumstances and she still got to be herself like she was still true to herself and she was resourceful and she persevered and that means that I can do that too yeah no I mean like I could cry talking about this because I the development of both Sydney and Gail in Scream I think they don't like it's not heavy-handed it's just like kind of there and of course it's not you know a character exploration it's still just a horror movie but they do like Zach and I, we went through all the screen movies and they, you do notice that they do develop both of them in that way. Like they don't, they're not friends. And in the second one, when they meet up, they're like kind of awkward and we see that they don't hug by the third one. It's like, we've been through this so many times we are hugging, we are cool. Yeah. And like you said, in the second one, it's Sydney. They don't, they don't try to pretend it's like, oh, yeah, that happened. There was a bunch of dead people. It's fine. Like right. they very much have it. Like Sydney is dealing with this trauma And in the fourth one, one of my favorite moments is like when there's a killer in the house, she tells the teens to get out and she just goes right in and she kicks the killer in the face on a staircase. And like, while that is like fantastical, like I probably none of the four of us could kick a, you know, serial killer in the face. It's earned because like she's been through this so many times that like it makes sense that maybe she would, you know, pick up kickboxing or something right yeah. like yeah. for me that's like it makes sense that she would be like yeah i know how to defend myself exactly yeah. and like especially myself speaking I-, I love sequels just for that is that the sequel allows for an exploration of trauma there um and i i will welcome any sort of sequel um even if i don't end up liking it you know i will always after these you know trilogy of halloween movies in 
I'm I'm all for like 10 more Halloween movies. I will let, you know, I will be fine with them continuing it over and over and over again because I just love to see characters after they've been through something traumatic. And, you know, as a queer person, when you don't really have that, like as an as a young queer person, when you don't really have the words and like the 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 people out there speaking about it and you, know, you don't know how to assign these feelings of like why you're relating to this person um it you know we relate to the final girl but then like as a young queer person i loved the sequels even more than the originals because i, I got to see them kind of going through right. that and like you said it's like an exploration of trauma that we are you know going through an exploration of our own queerness and our own trauma and and as a young queer person, you can see that. And that's what I would relate to. And I didn't even know why, but that's what I would relate to. And it wasn't until I was even an adult that I understood why. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, it's that otherness. It's that even in the first movie, you're you're othered. But then you go into the second movie and that doesn't mean you're not othered anymore. You know, now you're no. othered with a bunch of shit yeah, attached to you. You're othered. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so it's like watching somebody kind of unpack that and go through that is just, there's something so magnetic about it. Um, I almost want them to just find a final girl and like stick her in an A24 movie and not even any real like horror happening. Just like watch her kind of go to therapy or something. And just, I mean, Anya Taylor joined the witch. She's kind of a final girl. <laughs> I was going to say that is something like an idea. I, I went to school for a uh, TV and film. <laughs> I love that. I like tried to wipe the side of my head. That's shaved. Wrong one, um, babe. But, uh, <laughs> Wrong one. You want to try it again? We can but, do it again. Yeah, no, uh, Another take. But, <laughs> But uh, I think like that's something that I've wanted to explore is sometimes I think more interesting than seeing someone in the middle of something terrible happening is seeing how they deal with it afterwards. Like, I think it'd be really cool just like that to watch a movie where it's like you find out that the main character has been through this horrific thing, but that's not the part that we see. It's like picking up the pieces and continuing to live. I think Absolutely. there are some there's some films that um, kind of give like an analogy to trauma. That that's kind of like a subgenre in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like think of like where it like the trauma manifests into something physical, like the Babadook, or even like it follows. Like where yeah. there's it's like this is following you, and it's like not a real thing, real, but it is very real yeah, under right. the surface. Yeah, because I think that people really botch uh, the way that people handle trauma especially yeah. like i'm gonna dox the straight people here um uh one classic example of a movie that i when i was growing up i was so confused by it because i'm like why is everybody so upset because uh, i felt like their trauma was not earned i know what you did last summer what <laughs> that whole movie okay is people okay <laughs> <laughs> so Listen. I totally get it. Oh, no, are we talking just the first or Olympics. going into the second one too? Are we talking going into the second one as well? Sure, just yeah. the first? Okay, because I mean, we I have mean, two sections of traumas. Like they go through something in the beginning of the first, right? And then they have right. trauma afterwards, which kind of made yeah. sense. Like you, you see Julie, like she's really pale and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, it makes sense there. It does make sense because she's had to, she killed somebody and she has had to keep the secret. And then going into the second one, everything's like very California filter. Everybody's like bouncy and stuff. <laughs> but Helen- yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar just died a year yes. ago. And it's like, you're yeah. not yeah. really transferring that was that your over. best friend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I never yeah. understood it. it. It's it's very like the way that they decided that we're bound to each other just because we experienced this trauma. And yet they still have all these problems that teenagers have where it's like, I don't care about my trauma. I just want to get my license. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like what? we're like minimizing the stuff. I think like some parts of the movie are obviously iconic. Like it's an iconic yeah. movie, like regardless, yeah. but I'm just like, dang, like, you know, we kind of could have done like something. I mean, Brandy was in there at one point. That's cool. Like I love her. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, she it's the fine. The best chase scene of the movie too. You sure did. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so there's like reasons to watch it, but I feel like as far as like handling trauma in like the most nuanced, like cool way, yeah. it's very like, what are you waiting for? It's very, then no, yeah. I don't know yeah. about it. There's it's, a, you know. um, so there's a, 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 a trilogy of Halloween comics that came out at one point, like, uh, within the 2000s and I don't think the third one was ever released but I had the first two and it was set after it was supposed to bridge the first one in H2O or the the second movie in H2O or whatever and it's really good at going into trauma like that because we see her having to go back to school like which is like right. immediately after she still has to go back yeah. to school she still has to like face people and like people know what happened to her so that others her even more um and she's like starts popping pills and it's just like more of that I think should 
I don't know, like, because they are redoing, like, I know what you did last summer, right? So we're going to see a a traumatic event and then, like, a period of time later where they're going to have to deal with trauma like this. Trent, that was very heard of it. Oh, no. Yeah, I I just got, like, a really, like, morbid thought. Like, what if they just get, like, a bunch of TikTokers to star in it or something? Oh, please, no. Addison, what if it's Addison Rae? I just learned that. Well, because, I mean, if you think about the equivalency at the time, like, it was, like, the hottest young actors at the time. But, like, it worked out. But like, think if they tried to do that now, and it's just like influencers. Oh it, I'm, I, I, I a, a it. dark thought. A dark thought. I Listen, like, give me KJ Apa in the shower, running away from the guy. Oh my god. And, okay, yeah. Okay, I know what you did last summer. It's the cast of Riverdale. Oh okay, I'm into it. Oh, I'm into it. I'm back. Now I'm back. We're I'm back. back. No, I'm back. <laughs> I, just as a side note, I feel like the saddest, like the most upsetting, horrifying thing about I know what you did last summer is not that they killed a guy and they're being like hunted it's that a year later we come back and like none of them have realized their dreams they're all working like dead yeah. end jobs underdeveloped and doing nothing. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and it was like i felt like that was the real horror of the film is it's like oh my god none of these people left their hometown it's like reality yeah. bites but with the kill scene yeah, <laughs> yeah. so cool. love that Okay. So sorry, I guess we kind of spiraled uh, down a, <laughs> I know what you did last summer rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Very. a good one, though. I mean, like when we talk about, you know, queer, like even if we opened it up a little bit to Scream, scream Queen so that we can include Sarah Michelle Gellar in this, like yeah. Julie and Helen, if had they lived a few more years, they, they'd, I feel like something would have happened with them too. Like they maybe, had a closer maybe. relationship than she, she had with Ray or he had, or, or Sarah Michelle Gellar had with Barry. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, mean, and there's a whole scene with that. <laughs> I will say that, like, I feel like I need to say this. Just, I, I like, I actually have been working on a. Uh, I was working on like a queer horror that, like, specifically was like all the horror was a flashback, and the like present was like her dealing with all of her trauma. Um, because yeah, I do think that's like a really interesting story, and like I do kind of agree with Zach that like, okay, the sequels, even if they're not that good, they still like. I mean, sometimes they're bad and they don't, but yeah. I like when they do, because I, you know, even, even take it out of horror, right? I'm always like, whenever there's like a rom-com where it's like, oh, and then they got married and, and I'm like, yeah, but like, when did they break up? Like, that's what yeah. I'm always thinking. Like, uh, mm, how long yeah, do they stay together? I, <laughs> I think of that too. I'm glad that's yeah. not just me. Yeah, like literally no, the next absolutely. year they could be divorced. Yeah, we exactly. don't know. Yeah, I, I do think it also kind of um, intersects a little bit or runs congruent to how the media very much these days is still very obsessed with queer pain. They very much love aspects of queer trauma. There is very few pieces of queer media that are just about queer joy. Now, of course, in horror, that's a great space to talk about fear, to talk about trauma. So I think as long as queerness is othered as long as LGBTQIA plus community continues to be marginalized, that Mm -hmm. aspect of horror will not change it will be the place where we explore Mm -hmm. the traumas of various communities obviously we're seeing a very much reckoning for uh you know the black community in horror movies so i think the same like i think what will happen hopefully going forward fingers crossed we're gonna find out um (laughs) that more queer people will begin to center themselves Mm -hmm. in the horror stories start writing them and directing them and starring them which i know is very slowly happening I, i i very um uh, pay very close attention to my Shutter account. I've had a Shutter <laughs> account for years, and I watch everything. Ian, that's did on you hear there. that? Did you hear that, Ian? Shutter. <laughs> I know. You I don't have the- Shutter. I no. <laughs> Got to get it. It's so cheap. It's like one it of the is. cheapest things I have. And literally every other like every time we're recording, I'm like, oh, I should subscribe to Shutter. Oh, right, I should. Yeah. Do that. And I just fucking forget. I would. No, I, I was. I was on the uh, the test group like yeah. two years ago when it started the subscription and app. I was. I was in it. Um, because I all really right, wanted right. it really bad. Because I used to do it on my computer like a boomer. I was like this. Like, okay. Yeah. And then they made an app, and I was like very happy about it. I was like, <laughs> I will give you my money. Like I don't care. Um, but yeah, like I'm starting to see that those projects yeah. are popping up and they're being funded. So. But understand, and it's very important to, to say this here, is that um, you have a platform like Shudder that is going to be the future of horror because we're putting it into queer hands and, pe- and other people's hands. Um, whereas studios who are still trying horror movies are still doing things that it's like, well, updated a little bit, updated a little bit. But like yeah. platforms yeah. like Shudder where you have smaller budgets and smaller movies, 
they're getting a lot of talk, a lot of hype, and people are liking them more because we have uh, queer people doing it. With Misha, we even talked with Misha about that and putting more, not just horror films, but, you know, romantic comedies and stuff in queer hands because we can handle it. But also, like, when that happens, people got to get out and go see them. You got to give them your money. You got to get Shudder. You got to support what you want to see. Exactly. Ian Ian is anti-queer because he doesn't subscribe to Shudder. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Ian. The big wigs really are paying attention to Shudder because if you've noticed lately, um, I I guess this is more for Zach, but it's like on (laughs) Shudder, there's a Shudder TV section where it will just Mm. play random things Mm -hmm. that are on the app sort of like a tv channel now netflix has a feature that's very similar so i think the girls are scared i think that we are going to start seeing (laughs) because horror is one of those genres that will make money right you you invest five million dollars into a horror film you stick it in a theater you're going to at least get your money back like probably at least tripled um and when if 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 studio heads aren't going to like do the shit right then you know the money's going to go to other other movies well i mean we even we talked about this a little bit with misha by the way just for everyone listening misha osharovich was in freaky and they are great and we interviewed them a really great film Um, really great like that was a great episode too thanks um like we talked about this with freaky but like specifically there's a line that like one of the police officers when misha's character i can't remember uh their character's name but when that character and the um other best friend are running away with Vince Vaughn, who is, that's the body, like their best friends in the body of Vince Vaughn, who's a killer. Mm-hmm. And the police are like, one is a young black girl and the other is a excited male. And like, <laughs> yeah. You could tell like a queer person wrote that Michael line. Kennedy wrote it. He, yeah. Like very queer yeah. person. No straight person was going to deliver a line like, like that. No, like <laughs> no. I, I just feel like a straight person wouldn't have come up with something that is like, a line where it's a straight person not knowing yeah. how to deal with like describing a queer person. And it was just like Absolutely. shit like that. Like Zach and I both laughed yeah. so hard at that line when we watched it it's together. Very good. And like yeah. shit like that is just nice to like, you know what I mean? That wasn't even like, that was a throwaway line, but it was just like nice yeah. to like, it felt like, oh, this this is yeah. a queer person wrote this. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tone of that movie was so fun. And you're totally right. There really is those movies that you know are handled by people from our community. And I think it's very easy to tell, yeah. um, especially on TV when you start watching some of these oh, queer man. shows. And it's like, I've never, it's what the Oprah and Gail, it's like a gay friend of mine has never said that. I've never <laughs> yeah. heard a gay person say that. Like <laughs> it is very that. I'm not going to dox. Uh, the show that I've, I'm currently watching right now in season two, but there is a show that is very much written by straight people. I want you to dox it. Uh, I, I know what you're going to do- talk about. Are, Ian, are you going to say it? What is it? it? What what he's talking about, it? We, are, we are talking about Love, Victor, correct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Very much written by straight people, yeah. acted by straight people. It is cringe. Wait, so... <laughs> We got a little in trouble at, at Slayer Fest because uh, we did a Patreon episode about Love, Victor season one and talked about how, uh, I will say, <clears throat> the author of the book themselves contacted one of the people that was on for that episode to say it is not just straight people in the writer's room and oh. that like we were very incorrect about that point. Well, well, that makes me scared pers- just now. Per- because- the person who wrote that, you fooled me. You fooled me. Um, but so, okay. A great sure. example of like the contrast. And now I'm a little worried because if you're queer, just let us know in the comments down below. Um, yeah, if we're but, saying you're straight so, and you're not, I'm sorry. <laughs> Halloween 2018. Yeah, so freaky. We know queer people were freaky. Um, yes. And there's, mm-hmm. there's lines like that, which are great. Halloween 2018, the comedy in that uh, should have been entirely straight because because there's like one scene where you can tell is a straight person writing comedy because they're talking about a bon me sandwich for like two minutes. And that's supposed oh to God. be like funny. It's, it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, yeah. so on that, and this is totally off subject, but not, there's like a joke. So for my Patreon, we're covering for Slayer Fest 98's Patreon, we're covering uh, Harley Quinn. There's a joke in the first episode where like, Joker is presented as a terrible person. There's never like romanticizing Joker. I don't know if you two have watched it. It's very good. I'm normally eh, okay. about I've heard DC. great things. The cartoon is like queer and wonderful. And I love that. But like in the first episode, Joker asks one of his minions, like he's saying that he's the funniest person. He's like, who's funnier than me? And one of his minions says, Harley Quinn. And he shoots him and goes, women aren't funny. 
And it's like, I know so... that one you're talking about. Yes. Joker uh, says women aren't funny and then kills the guy. Kills the guy. And it's just like wow. so good. Like, right? Like, you know, someone in on good. the joke wrote that, right? Like, there's, yeah, a, very... there's a distinct difference. And you can tell, you can pick it up. So I would agree wholeheartedly. So uh, what are some other final girls that you both love? I actually, one of the ones I was going to bring up and I don't remember her name either is the final girl from It Follows. Do you remember her name? No, I don't. I love that movie. Uh, Great soundtrack. Yeah, because I feel like she goes through so much. And I think what I love about her is that like you still don't know whether the monster is really following her or not or whether she defeated it but the point is that like what has happened is going to linger with her forever yeah um another i know this isn't like she's not totally like a final girl although i guess like people do die in this film i'm about to like Uh, loophole it too like there's this one uh, that i thought of that was like oh i loved her growing up but like the movie perfect blue was something i was thinking of too that i feel like i know a lot of queer people who love that movie is like she's like a loophole for she's like the only girl yeah well (laughs) like yeah i don't know this movie okay uh it's an anime film directed by satoshi Kon, 1998 uh it's a pretty short film like 85 minutes uh perfect running and time. yeah perfect <laughs> runtime uh mm-hmm. packs a was lot that in of the news recently i don't think so it should be um, because yeah it always it always should be days, because basically. it's an iconic film but yeah the whole thing is that basically this girl she's like this super feminine like she's part of yeah. like kind of an idol group uh and she wants to make a transition into acting and there's this whole right and there's this whole thing of like that nobody she feels like she's not taken seriously she has like this stalker who's super angry that she's given up the pop star life and is now like trying to do something different that she wants to do she deals with being like over sexualized um and i don't know i think it's a really incredible film and at the end of it you really get this sense that like she has found some level of comfort in who she is and that yeah. she feels more secure in it than she did in the past. Then I don't know. I think that's, she's not. I think this was a loophole for Devin to talk about Perfect Blue, but it's fine. I mean, it's it fine. Was, well, I'm, I'm it like was, super I mean, interested now. So yeah, it was like, in the news it's a great recently. Film. Um, Kim oh. Kardashian just had a photo shoot Oh, and it was so bad. It was so bad. That photo shoot. Yeah. So it was all over the news for like a week. Photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they're so bad. Whoever knows she hasn't seen that movie. You (laughs) know, like, girl, this movie is iconic. You have to do it. Oh my God. Yeah. The photo shoot. Very interesting. But but yeah, I think it's definitely a good examination of like kind of the parasocial relationship between an audience and a celebrity. Um, That's still very relevant. Yeah, but also just about like being comfortable in your identity and when you like shift from one part of your life to another and you choose like, you're like, I not choose, but like, you're like, I want to be seen this way now. I do Mm -hmm. not want you to perceive me as I was before. I want you to see me as how I am now. And a lot of people just refusing to accept that. Yeah, I know we keep, I keep bumping into stuff, Um, (laughs) but yeah it's not i mean people definitely die in that movie uh oh, yeah definitely and so like she's not the final girl in like a straightforward slasher sense but yeah. she is like constantly in danger throughout the film and then survives mm-hmm. it all and you get a sense that she has some like peace and comfort in who she is and so that one's yeah. really special to me all right i'm Super gonna i'm, I'm gonna, gonna be i'm gonna be yeah. uh the mean one because i'm gonna say that is a total loophole <laughs> yeah it's very big loophole no that's valid um mine is back to the, the horror uh nonsense um there was one again final girl i don't really think this is a loophole like she literally is a girl that survives and she's a young girl uh juliette lewis and from dust till dawn um yeah she she has a very big trajectory of being like this kind of timid like growing adolescent girl she's stuck with these two fucking psychopaths yeah. in this trailer <laughs> yes. uh and then she like okay now we're at the titty twister and i don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on i'm literally 14 yeah and then it's like now it's vampires and cool. she cool, cool, shoots cool. them up blows them up and at the very end she's just like covered in blood like now we're back on the road trip and yeah. I, I loved her um in that movie growing up is probably like one of my favorite movies. Um, and I don't know when I, again, mine is never like, because I have no soul. I uh, don't really like do the thing where it's like, oh, they grew and they like had trauma. I'm just like, who is the person 
that like I would want to be in their shoes. And I <laughs> hey, be I'm the there person. with you too. You can That's go fair. both yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> any any final heroine with a with a wet haired look, I'm 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 picking yeah. you. I'm looking yeah. at you. You know, it's mostly uh, Melissa that, George so. in the Amityville Horror remake. You know, got that Very. 70s dress on and wet hair, and <laughs> I, you were I out mean, there. The opposite of what you're saying is, I mean, for me, is there's um have any of you? Zach has not, but have either of you seen the faculty? no oh, it's an i fucking conic like late 90s <laughs> like horror movie it's written is it that iconic i mean it three out of is four i can't believe the three of you listen <laughs> y'all are babies I mean, it sounds it sounds familiar <laughs> I, I i swear we're probably very close in age if not the same age as a geriatric millennial i Elder love queer. this movie um and i loved it when it came out and uh playa duval who is queer but like Oh, we love her. Yeah, she even has the queer her. energy in like all of her stuff. Like before she came out, um, she plays Stokely, who is like the hot topic girl, and she survives. Nice, and I nice, like nice, nice. Lo- like for me, it was like, oh, this is the character for me. Like she's dressed in yeah. all black. She has like a drawing pad. Like she's the artsy nice. one, but like mm-hmm. you know, wears like chokers and whatever. And I always remember it bothered me seeing it and it still bothers me today that like after she survives she's like wearing like a cute pastel outfit at the very end scene mm. i'm always like she wouldn't yeah. wear that she'd still wear her black outfit oh no, yeah <laughs> she'd be gothier than ever i right? think yeah, julie really was, i know what you did last good. summer in the towel at the end you know she's yeah. in the towel she's fun and flirty again um but sp- we need to talk a little bit more about clea duvall is it clea or clea because you said What'd you say? How'd That's you say great. It? That's a great question. Clear, I've right? heard Clea. Okay. okay. She was in The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I almost yeah. wish they would have just given her the reboot. You know? Wait, wasn't she in I the feel second like one, she not the first one? She's only in the first one, yeah. Oh, is she in the first one? But I almost feel like she would do really well in horror um, as a genre. I mean, yeah, as she, a filmmaker. she is good in everything. Again, connection through horror. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect here. Okay. So Clea Duvall was in The Faculty, right mm-hmm. uh okay. and then she also was in the iconic queer film but i'm a cheerleader with natasha mm-hmm. leone yes. and natasha leone was in blade trinity ah mm. okay they're all there. Hey? they're all connected Degrees all of separation. connected all one movie i was movie. gonna say yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i don't know if there is interest in the connections we're not on six sad film club that's true week. yeah <laughs> i just I, I follow natasha leone very closely since i was a kid and when i, I saw her in blade i was like wow my life is complete yeah Literally. i've never seen blade trinity and i had no idea she was in it she is very much in it. Uh, yeah, it's more like a glorified cameo because I don't want to spoil too much, but she doesn't last as long as everybody else. So she is in it for like a hot ass second. But it's she the third is one, in it. right? Trinity is the third one. That's the third one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One. That's the only one I haven't so seen. So it's got Jessica Biel, Ryan Reynolds, okay. Natasha Leone, Parker Posey for our Parker Posey fans. Uh, yeah, uh, she's in it. Parker Posey is also great. good in everything. She she's one of those characters. In Scream 3, I'm like so bummed that she dies. Oh. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Parker Posey is beyond a queer icon, for sure, for sure, 100%. My, my so Parker Posey movies. story that I've told on this podcast before is I once crossed the street in New York just to walk next to her for a block, and I had to keep going and she turned, but I literally was like, spotted her from across the street, was like, that's fucking Parker Posey walking with her bike, and across the street just to walk nice. near her, and that's it. <laughs> Oh, I would do the same. Absolutely. 100%. I'm still fixated on the fact that I do feel a little bad that I did choose a loophole just to talk about Perfect Blue on your podcast. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm super interested in it now. Yeah, give it a watch. It's great. I was going to say, yeah. if you ever need uh, two guests on an episode where you cover them, well, I don't know. They are a horror podcast, Kevin. <laughs> horror. Is Perfect Blue not a horror movie? I think it's more. I, I would say I I would lean psychological thriller. Okay, horror is that's, doing a lot of that's that still, fits. That, I feel that's like still that's horror okay. to that me. Fits. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think thriller I like and my, horror. The line there is very. Uh, I feel like my biggest fear is just being a crazy person, and so psychological thrillers are horror to me. Valid. I, what about I, you, Ian? Do you disagree? Oh yeah, I mean I disagree, but I agree that that is my biggest fear is like being the because yeah. I usually am the, the like unhinged one. So like mm, yeah, okay. And we're back. Don't agree with that, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. We're back. Very unhinged. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now for a quick break, folks. Do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones. Everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies. So much so, they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them, 
From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERSLAYERFEST, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, y'all. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you both for joining us. I guess we'll wrap yeah. up now. Thank you. Uh, this was really fun. Uh, you're both fucking delights. Yes. Thank you uh, so much. So are you guys. You guys were great, too. I mean, yeah, again, we've spent a lot of time together today as of now. <laughs> And Uh-oh. that you weren't that you didn't end this call early, a win for us. Yeah, yes. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find y'all. You wanna go ahead? Yes. So you can find us on social media at where is SK. That's where is SK. Of course, on all platforms that are streaming for podcasts, you can find Space Case. And you can also look up Space Cadets on there. That's Space Cadets, K-I-D-D-E-T-T-E-S. And I guess we never mentioned like what we do. Oh, uh, yeah. hi. So, hi. Oh, yeah. Who are we, you? Uh, Where have you been? Yeah, what you do? We're, <laughs> we're, um, we're a synth pop band from Houston, Texas, heavily inspired by new wave music. And mm-hmm. we also do a weekly podcast where we investigate different mysteries that are plaguing our personal lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just everything wanna, else that we do. Do you want to promo that upcoming appearance you guys got? Yes. yes. Um, I you, almost forgot what it was a second time. Oh my God. <laughs> um, if you For live, the second time. If you live in Houston, Texas, we are going to be doing some pride spots. There's one that we can't announce quite yet, but the yeah. one that we mentioned on our other podcast, we will be playing uh, a DJ set at the pride block party in the iconic uh, Montrose, which is the queer district of Houston. The gayborhood. The gayborhood, if you Boys will. Boys town. The theyhood, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of theys there, unfortunately. But anyway, unfortunately. <laughs> another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Um, <laughs> but we are performing in front of the iconic Leather and Kink Bar Ripcord. We are going to do a DJ set. It's going to be really gay, uh, a lot of remixes, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, yeah, 4 p.m. Uh, Saturday, June 26th. Cool. Nice. Get on it. Yes. And Zachary, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? goodness um you can find us uh, on youtube at uh, azb bonus features and you can find us on all social media platforms slayer fest x 98 on the podcast stuff pod, pod stuff yeah you want to try it again again you can find you can find the podcast on slayer fest 98's podcast stream on spotify apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcast and you can find us on social media at slayer fest x 98 We'll see you next time, thank everyone. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank Have you a so fantastic much, y'all. rest of your week. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.